About three weeks ago, Pastor was talking about crossing over, and he near the end of the service, he, he asked, how many of you want to cross over? And I, I look back, and I mean, it, if it wasn't 100%, it was 99% of you had your hands up. Did you really think about what you were saying? So that's what we're going to talk about today um, in this declaration of crossing over. Father God, thank you for opportunity. We do want to be conduits of your love, mercy, and grace. Most of all, we want to proclaim your truth. Holy Spirit, when we walked in here, the atmosphere was full of your presence. We sensed it. We felt it. And so I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would move that you would speak. May no one hear the words of David Hager, but hear what you have to say. And I pray, Jesus, that you will be glorified, for it's by your blood that we are saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, the, the majority of you uh, indicated that you wanted to to cross over into supernatural promotion, supernatural advancement, supernatural blessing as a body of believers. And I think that it's critical that we understand as a body, since you all raised your hands, as a body, what crossing over entails, spiritual crossing over. It's a transition from old to new, from the past to the present. You, you don't want to cross over into the same thing. You want to cross over into something new. You must identify what about the old and about the past motivates you so that you want to move into the new and the present. This whole weekend that Elder Mark was talking about is about identifying. It's one thing to just, you know, walk through, get on an escalator, run through the door. You need to identify what it is that's causing you to want to move in that direction. Because otherwise, you're just going to carry that same baggage. We want to be free of that. It's a process of change that you must trust. You have to trust the process of change. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. What do we say here? All faith is what? Confident expectation, right? You must have the confident expectation that where you're going is a direction that God wants you to go in. It's a process that you cannot accomplish alone. What does it say at the very top of this declaration? What's the first word? It doesn't say my declaration. Now, you're going you're to be doing your declaration, but it is a group effort. It's our declaration. Why is it our declaration? Because I'm going to stumble and I'm going to need Jay to pick me up sometime. 
And sometime there's going to be a relationship here, a marital relationship that's going to falter, and another couple's going to have to come alongside and encourage you. It's our declaration to cross over. Philippians 4.13 from the Living Bible says, For I can do everything God asks me to do with the help of Christ who gives me strength and power. I can do everything God asks me to do with help. With Christ's help and with your help, I can do it. That's the way it's going to have to happen. Using the Israelites as an example, and Pastor's been doing this, and Elder Mark for the last few weeks, Prophet Trout, continue to go back. What, what a man. Uh, he knows more in his little finger than I have known for all these years. It's amazing to me. Such a, such a scholar. But he, he, we all used the example of the Israelites crossing over. Why did they cross over? They, they crossed over to escape slavery and bondage. Whatever enslaves you, has you in bondage, there is an escape from that. Okay, and, But they crossed over to gain something. They crossed over to gain the promise that God gave them of a land flowing with milk and honey, blessing. So that they didn't leave something without knowing where they were going to a promise. But did they really consider what crossing over was all about? Rejection by other nations, shortage of food, water, clothing. I mean, if, if I told you, I want you to cross over. I want you to have this spiritual transformation. But I've I got to tell you, when you do, you're going to wander around in circles for 40 years. And none of you who cross over are going to live to see the promised land. I mean, would you take up on that? I wouldn't. I say, God, what are you talking about? He wanted them to cross over into his promise. Why do you want to cross over? What is it? Is it deliverance from sin? There's some of you here today who have never accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord. There's some of you here today who accepted him, but you've fallen back. You've gone back to some old behaviors. And there are many of you here who have accepted him as Savior and Lord, and you're, you're living in the faith, but you need something else. I need more. I need more. Deliverance from sin, deliverance from addiction, a deeper walk with the Lord, a more abiding presence of Holy Spirit day to day, a more sincere commitment to service, a need for fellowship with like-minded believers, more devotion to prayer and Scripture, an uncommon anointing. Those are things that we need. Crossing over is not just a trite phrase. It's a commitment that must be sincere and well thought out, and it requires persistence and faith. So I'm asking you today, as we, as we reason together today, seriously consider what this act of crossing over means to you. Are you really counting the cost? Successfully crossing over involves four things, and we're going to talk about these today. Number one, following and submitting to his leading and not doing it your way. 
you try to do it your way, it, it's not going to work. I can testify to that. I tried it my way for a long time. It doesn't work. Number two, a willingness to lead others across with you. You probably didn't think I would throw that into the equation of the four things, but I've got a reason for that. A willingness to lead others across with you. An expectation of obstacles along our crossing over path. There is not a guarantee it's going to be a smooth sail. There will be obstacles along the way. And number four, the need to make wise choices along your journey. So, number one, following and submitting to His will and not doing it my way. God's way uh, led the Israelites. I told you in the offering a couple weeks ago. God's way led the Israelites to the most narrow crossing of the Red Sea at the Aqaba Finger. I mean, they, they were many places they could cross, but God directed them right to the most narrow place, and they didn't know where they were going. His direction is always perfect. His direction is always, you may think, no way, I can't go there, I can't do that. His direction is always perfect. God's way provided a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And when they got to the Red Sea, what happened? It flip-flopped. And the cloud blocked the Egyptians from seeing them. God's way provides the protection you need on your journey. God's way provided water and manna and quail. They began to complain. They didn't have this, didn't have that. God's way provided for their needs, and He will provide for your needs. So God provided all this, and then if you read in, in Numbers 20, the people began to complain again. They were never satisfied. That's what Prophet Trout said, that we Jews are never satisfied. They were, they, they were never, they, they always had a complaint, but God, but God, but God. And he kept providing. Quail, manna, uh, everything was provided for. But in Numbers 20, they began to gripe again, we don't have any water. Moses, why would you lead us out here? And, and you're going to let us starve to death, and we're going to uh, have no water to drink. And God had originally told Moses when they complained about no water to tap the rock with his staff, remember? And water flowed. This time, though, God's direction was different. He said to Moses, speak to the rock. Speak to the rock and water will come for the people. But Moses, wanting to show, I'm still in charge, I'm the authority, struck the rock twice with his staff. And water came out. God provided water. But that single act of disobedience cost Moses from being able to cross over. When God lays out a way and a plan for you, trust Him. His way is always the best way. So how does this relate to our crossing over? Three things. Number one, to follow His leading and cross over, we need a 
mind change. If you're going to move in that direction, you have to have a transformation of your mind because in the flesh, we don't think that way. We don't think like God does. So Romans 12, 1 and 2, and I, I love the message paraphrase of this, so that's going to be on the screen, and I'm going to read it for you. But go home and put this on your refrigerator, please. Okay? So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. You know how long it takes a law to become adopted by a society as fact? Uh, Roe versus Wade, okay? It takes 10 years. It takes one decade for a law passed by a body or a country to become accepted as, oh, this is the way it is. Abortion's right. It takes one decade. This says, instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. He can transform your mind. Do not be conformed by the pattern of this world, but be transformed in your mind. You have to have a transformation of mind to cross over. Number two, to follow his leading and cross over, we need to follow the way of escape from sin and addiction that he promises to always provide. The Israelites didn't. They kept going back to their old way. They kept going back to sin. And this passage is going to be in this message twice, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 14. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So in order to cross over, you need to look for the path of escape when you run into difficulty. God promises in His Word to always provide that path of escape. But we have a requirement you have to do two things to find that path of escape. Guys in my group are all nodding their heads right now. You must look for it, and you must listen for it. It's there. He promises that it will be there. But if you don't look for it, if you have blinders on, or if you have dark glasses on, or if you have your earbuds in so that you can't hear it, you're going to miss it. God will always provide 
a way of escape so that you don't succumb. Number three, to cross over into supernatural spiritual promotion and blessing, we must daily speak, seek to be spirit-led. We must seek to avoid relapse into sins of the past. We need to submit our mind and heart to spirit control, and the Israelites didn't. Romans 8, 6-7 through 7 says, The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. God wants to provide for you a Spirit-led life. That's the reason the Spirit lives in you, to live out of you. In you, to live through you. Successful crossing over means doing it God's way. Number two, to cross over, you must be prepared to lead others. And you said, well, I didn't volunteer for that. I, I, it's, I'm, I'm going. Mark says, I've got enough trouble with Jack. I can't help you, David. <laughs> we must be willing and prepared to lead others. Joshua led the crossing over into the promised land. Moses was not allowed to go. Joshua led, even though Joshua and Miriam Moses' sister, had actually criticized Moses to the people. God still let Joshua lead the people across. And over and over, read Joshua 1. Joshua says four words, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. I'm leading you over. We're crossing over into this promised land. Remain strong and courageous. Martin Luther in the 1500s, we'll get to Junior next, Martin Luther in 1500s led the Protestant Reformation. He led a crossover into truth by posting 95 theses on Rome and on the church, on the church door. And it opposed the Catholic Church's role as intermediary between man and God. It said the veil was torn from the top to the bottom, not the bottom to the top. God tore the veil. You have direct access to the Father. And it primarily opposed the buying of indulgences to purchase forgiveness. The priests were charging indulgences based on the, the severity of your sin and teaching that salvation is a gift because we're saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It's by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the free gift of God, not works, lest anyone boast. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. challenged the concept that the way to protest injustice was by violent protest. Instead, he taught the crossover message that peaceful protest was the way to accomplish change. He was willing to take the flack to cross over into a new idea and a new way of doing things by trusting God. Well, let's go back to the, to the Scripture, and uh, Prophet Trout talked to us about Jonah. <clears throat> Jonah didn't accept his uh, role as crossover leader very readily, did he? <laughs> so God, God spoke to Jonah and said, I want you to go to Nineveh. Where is Nineveh? Nineveh is in Assyria. 
the interesting thing is that um, kind of like Paul with Ananias, when, when God told Ananias to go to Paul and anoint his eyes so they wouldn't be blind and he would, he would lead others. I mean, Ananias said he's been killing Christians all over the place. He's been killing us. I don't want to go. Jonah said, God, I'm not going into Assyria. I'm not going to Nineveh. Nineveh was 120,000 people. I'm not going there. So he, uh, he uh, got on a ship to go to Tarshish. Tarshish is 500 miles from Nineveh. He was going the opposite direction. I'm going east. I'm supposed to go west. And you know what happened. Storm came up. And uh, the, the crew said, draw lots, who's responsible? Jonah's lot came up, and what do we need to do? And Jonah said, throw me overboard. The only way you're going to avoid this is throw me overboard. And so eventually they did. And Jonah was swallowed by a large fish, some people say a whale. And he was there for three days and three nights. Significance, three days in the tomb. And then during that time, he prayed and prayed, God, please, please, please deliver me from this. Set me free. I'll do this. I'll do that. Vomited up on dry land, not in the water, but on dry land. And as soon as he hits the land, God says, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And uh, covered with the entrails of the fish, he uh, trudges to Nineveh, and he proclaimed the gospel. And we're told in the Word that the entire population, including the king who's really the mayor of Nineveh, came to faith. And what was Jonah's response? God asked him to cross over. He asked him to proclaim the message so that these people who don't know me will know the truth and will accept the gospel. And Jonah's response was, God, how in the world could you do that? I'm better than them. They don't even believe. Why would you do that? God has a reason for asking you to cross over and take others with you and speak to others about going over. It doesn't matter what your impression is of those people. It's his impression. You need to be faithful to proclaim the message. The people you need to lead may not be your best friends. The people you need to lead may not be your best friends. If you want to cross over and be used to lead others, you must do it His way and be willing to take others with you. That's number two. Number three, to cross over, you must make wise choices. Even if you cross over as the Jews did and enter the promised land of spiritual blessing, yet revert to old patterns of behavior, perhaps even leaving a hypocritical life, you will not experience supernatural promotion and blessing. Does your church life match your daily life? the people you associate, the things you do here? Is that what you do on Wednesday night when you decide to go out? If not, your crossover is going to fail. We are the sum 
of our choices. We are the sum of our choices. When you choose to cross over, you all raised your hands, you have to make choices. Choices are critical. 2 Peter 2.20 says, If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. In our recovery group, we talk about this and we call this dabbling in sin. Guys, I'm not, I'm including myself in this. We all have a tendency to think that we can dabble. I can do a little of this as long as I don't do a lot of this. I escaped this once and God will enable me to escape it again. We dabble in our sin and addiction. And that scripture says, if you do that, you're going to be worse off at the end than you were at the beginning. Okay? You've got to move from that. John 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. Elder Mark used this earlier. I know them and they follow me. The still, small voice of the Spirit may not be the boisterous voice you are listening for. I love Mark. And, and he's, he's got a great voice. He almost lost it this weekend. But, but that's, a, that's a loud voice, a boisterous voice, and Holy Spirit doesn't always speak that way. Sometimes He's speaking to you in a still, small voice. It may even be a whisper. It may just be a nudge. You've got to listen and take it seriously. In Mark 8, the people of Bethsaida brought a blind man to Jesus. Once again, Prophet Trout talked to us about this. It's not Bethesda by the temple, the pool. It's Bethsaida. And Bethsaida was known as a little village where there was little faith. And so... A blind man was brought to Jesus, and they asked him to heal him. And he uh, got some dirt, and he spit on it. I call those divine secretions. And he spit on it and anointed his eyes, and he couldn't see. He just saw things like look like trees moving around. So he had to anoint him twice in order to achieve healing. But it's the very last sentence in that paragraph that we have to pay attention to. Yeah, we want healing. We see Jesus heal. We've seen healings here. But Jesus told him, don't go back into the village. Jesus knew there was lack of faith there. Jesus knew he was going to get pulled down again if he went back there. Don't go back there. Maintain your healing. Maintain the transformation. Maintain the crossover. Don't go back to where you were. When you're set free of sin and addictive behaviors and cross over into healing, make good choices. Don't go back to the places you frequented before. Four. Hello? Got it? 
So um, it doesn't mean that you turn your back on those people that you used to run with, but to go back into that environment and into those relationships often can be to your detriment. In Mark 10, Jesus was confronted by a rich young ruler who wanted to know the way to cross over into the assurance that he had eternal life. Came to Jesus. He was rich, young ruler. And Jesus told him what he needed to do. Two things. Number one, sell all you have and give to the poor. He was rich. And number two, then come and follow me. He was a ruler. He didn't follow people. He led people. He told people where to go. And the man went away sadly because he couldn't give up in crossing over his greed and his pride. Those were his two blueprints. Those were his root issues. And he couldn't say, he wanted to. I want eternal life. Tell me what I have to do. Jesus told him, and he still couldn't do it because they had a hold on him. You have to go back and identify your blueprint, identify your root issue, and know that that's what's holding me back. That's what's gotten me to where I am now and say no to that. That's got to change. I can't keep doing that in order to cross over. Crossing over is not without the need to continue to make wise choices led by Holy Spirit in your devotion to Jesus. Crossing over is not pixie dust crossing over. I use this phrase a lot, forgive me, but a lot of people have the impression that coming to Christ involves Tinkerbell coming into the room and sprinkling some dust on you, and it's done. I'll be free of this addiction. I won't be an alcoholic anymore. I won't be a sex addict anymore. Just sprinkle a little on me, David, and I won't go back there. It's not pixie dust crossing over. It's a commitment. It's making a choice. It's being devoted and dedicated. It may be taking others with you. That's what you have to choose. Number four, last one. When you choose to cross over, don't expect that the journey will be obstacle-free. That's a big one because... Uh, there's, there's a theology that is taught that if you commit your life to Christ, God's going to take care of everything. Everything's going to be smooth. Everything's going to be easy. The Israelites faced obstacles like the Red Sea and the Jordan River. They lacked food. They lacked water. The enemy came against them. But God provided a way through. He is a way maker and an obstacle breaker. He is a way maker and an obstacle breaker. There is one who does not want you to cross over. And when you raised your hands about crossing over, he was trying to tug it down, and that's the evil one. There is an evil one. He does not want you to cross over into abundant life. He does not want you to cross over into supernatural promotion. And he's going to do everything he can to prevent it. You're not here because Satan wanted you to be here. You're here because you want more in your life. 
John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. We want that abundant life, but we have to realize that there's one trying to keep us from getting that abundant life. There's one that doesn't want you to identify your root issues. There's one that doesn't want you to cross over. There's one that wants you to go back to the bar on Wednesday night, even though you know you have a problem. There's one that's going to get a pornographic image in front of you when he knows that you have a sexual addiction. He will attempt to convince you that it isn't worth the effort to cross over. Just give it up. He will also tell you that there is no such thing as a supernatural breakthrough. That is a bunch of garbage. They teach that down at Bethel Harvest Church and forget it. There are no supernatural breakthroughs. I can look around this room and I can see them. The supernatural breakthroughs here. Even when we choose to cross over into the abundant life, God does not promise us a trouble-free existence. He desires perseverance. The teaching that when we commit our lives to Jesus, our trials end is a false teaching. What is true is that, if, is that you are given the power to overcome and to cross over. John 16, 30, 33 I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Not you may, not perhaps, you will have trouble. The Living Bible says you will have trials and sorrows. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That is an emotional event for each of us when we realize that He has overcome. James 1, 2-4, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Even Jesus faced obstacles in crossing over. Mark 4 and 5, uh, He was on a on a mission to cross over into the Decapolis, the Gerasenes, uh, where Legion lived. Now, it's just me, but if I knew I was going to cross over the Sea of Galilee, and I knew I had a calling, and there was a man over there who needed me, who was eaten up with addiction, I, and I knew Daddy, I, I, I would have checked the weather report. I turned on Channel 18 and checked the weather report, but then I would have said, Daddy, can you clear the way for me? You can do all things. Clear the way. Well, no. A furious storm came up. The disciples were terrified. They had to call on Jesus to calm the storm. Jesus, even Jesus, ran into obstacles on His way to cross over to do good. Do you think we're going to be any less? We're going to face trials and tribulations. And when he got over there, and long story short, you know that 
His name was Many Legion because he had so many addictions, and Jesus set him free. Jesus was called to go. He was called to set that man free. I, I truly believe that, but there was a greater purpose in that, and the purpose was he wanted to go with Jesus and the disciples and go back over across the sea, and Jesus said, no, go into this region and tell people what I've done for you. Pick up your mat, pick up your testimony, and tell people what I've done for you. And two chapters later, when we come back and, and Mark describes it, we're told that Jesus came back through the Decapolis and 4,000 men plus women and children came to him for food. Because this man who was set free, you who are set free, picked up your mat and told other people about it. We are the way that the message is going to get out. He depends on us to convey that message. How do you overcome the evil one who resists your crossing over? I'd suggest you do it the same way that Jesus did, by using the Word. And I encourage my men, memorize the Word. You're not going to always have your phone. You're not going to always have your Bible. Something's going to happen at the store. Something's going to happen in the automobile repair shop. And you're going to need to spout out the Word in a kind and loving fashion. Memorize Scripture. Staying on your knees in prayer, getting apart and praising Him daily. That's the way that you're going to be able to overcome. 1 John 4.4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You have, as Pastor Mark says, an unfair advantage. You have Holy Spirit in you, not only to enable you to cross over, but to impart that information. Romans 8, 37 through 39. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You overcome by knowing Jesus. I repeat this, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13. He will always provide a way of escape. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will always provide, also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. That's so important because we all run into temptation. He provides a way out. I tell my men, B, C, D. Please jot this down. B, C, D. B, take a deep breath. C, call on the name of Jesus. D, distance yourself. When you run into a difficult situation, I have yet to see the man, I, I guess I could say women, but I deal with men in recovery. I have yet to see the man who was calling on the name of Jesus and continued to move into his addictive behavior. It doesn't happen. Take a deep breath. Call on his name. 
and distance yourself. Go back out the door. Don't get in the car. Don't pick up the book. Don't call her on the telephone. BCD. So, as you make this choice to cross over into supernatural spiritual promotion, acceleration, provision, and blessing, uncommon anointing, and divine encounters, all listed on your sheet. Identify what you are leaving behind and what you are going to. Know what you're leaving and what you want to go to. You have to identify every root issue that has caused you to engage in sin and addiction and deal with them once and for all. It's a process. It's not instantaneous. You have to keep going back. You have to redo your inventory. You have to journal. Please journal. Journal daily. And then look back and see, two years ago, I went through this very same thing. And that's the way I handled it so that God can show you. Number two, follow his leading and make wise choices. Don't revert and go back. Don't dabble in your sin. Listen and look for his way of escape from temptation. But you got to listen and you got to look. Be equipped to take others with you, rooted in prayer, Bible study, and fellowship. They need you. They need you. And finally, understand that you will face obstacles, but the Holy Spirit power within you is greater than the threats of the evil one to bring you down. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world.